Welcome to the HSD podcast series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Lamb, RN, MBA, and Mock Surveyor for Life Care Services, and we are continuing to talk about the new FTAG numbering system and the regulations that are contained in each of the new FTAGs. Our overall goal is to help you understand each of these FTEGs individually, especially now that the state surveyors have begun to implement and survey on the new tags. And today we're going to be talking about FTEG 675, Quality of Life. So welcome back, Jennifer. Thanks, Laura. I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm excited to jump into this new section of FTEGs and um, help talk about the Quality of Life tag. Wonderful, wonderful. Before we begin, um, why don't you just do a quick little recap for our listeners as to what they can expect from this series that we're doing on these F-tags? Absolutely. Well, we have been and continue to cover um, each F-tag for podcast um, that is contained under the 49 tags identified as substandard quality of care. And substandard quality of care is defined by CMS as having more than one deficiency related to participation requirements under resident behavior and facility practices, quality of life, and quality of care. And these constitute either immediate jeopardy to resident health and safety, a pattern of or widespread actual harm that is not immediate jeopardy, or a widespread potential for more than minimal harm but less than immediate jeopardy with no actual harm. And so what we've been using is the new State Operations Manual Appendix PP, um, the guidance to surveyors for long-term care facilities. And we're using the one that the surveyors are now using that became effective November 28, 2017. So we use the exact same SOM that the surveyors use, and we feel that that's your best tool to know what they're looking at and what you can prepare yourself for as well. You know, take that active role in the survey process. Don't let it happen to you. Just be a part of the process. And so by by downloading that and following along, you're going to get the most complete information. Well, that's great information, Jennifer. That's really good advice. Now, when we're talking about FTAG 675, that is discussing specifically quality of life. We know under the former FTAG 309 that quality of life and quality of care both fell under the same tag, as well as including pain management and dialysis. Now, under the new system, quality of life, quality of care, pain management, and dialysis all have their separate own F-tags. This breakout of the elements into new F-tags enables each to be more focused on the care area that um, is, is discussed. And so as we jump into 675 specifically, talking about quality of life, why don't you go ahead and provide us with the definition of that since it is a carve out now, Jennifer? Certainly, Laura. Okay, so F675 in the State Operations Manual says, quality of life is a fundamental principle that applies to all care and services provided to facility residents. Each resident must receive and the facility must provide the necessary care and services to attain or maintain the highest practicable physical, mental, and psychosocial well-being consistent with the resident's comprehensive assessment and plan of care. Well, and I don't think there's anyone, Jennifer, who wouldn't want to have a great quality of life. And that's no different for our residents. Um, everyone wants to have a 
a high quality of life. Looking at the psalm, we can see that the intent of the requirement is to establish the responsibility of the community to create and maintain an environment that humanizes and individualizes each specific resident's quality of life. Yes. And according to the psalm, this is accomplished in two ways. Um, by ensuring that all staff understand the principles of quality of life and honor and support those principles for every resident, and also to ensure that the care and services provided are person-centered and they honor and support each resident's preferences, choices, values, and beliefs. And you hit on a key term there, Jennifer, person-centered care. Person-centered care means focusing on the resident and providing support for residents to make their own choices and have control over their lives. We, being the, the facilities, must meet each resident's individual needs to ensure that that quality of life is a positive and good quality of life. I absolutely agree with that, Laura. And you know, what might constitute a good quality of life for me might not necessarily be for somebody else. So in fact, the Psalm defines quality of life as an individual sense of self-being, a level of satisfaction with life and feeling of self-worth and self-esteem. So this may include a sense of satisfaction with oneself, the community in which they are living, the care that they receive and the accomplishments of personal goals and control over one's life. You know, Jennifer, according to the 1986 Institute of Medicine published report on improving the quality of care in nursing homes, those are the actual principles of life. And when we're looking at the guidance portion of this tag, it's clear that noncompliance occurs when there's actually pervasive disregard for the quality of life of the community residents. And this can rise to the level of an immediate jeopardy, which as we know is the most serious. It can also include the cumulative effect of noncompliance of other regulatory tags on one or more residents. In order to be cited for noncompliance on 675, the surveyors have to have evidence that outcomes of regulatory tags demonstrate the pervasive disregard for the principles of quality of life. What areas do residents expect to have personal control over then when residing in our, in our communities, Jennifer? Well, Laura, I believe our residents should expect and we should strive to assist with areas such as mealtime, activities, what they choose to wear, and when they choose to go to bed or get up, if and when they want visitors, and if they have opportunities to engage in activities such as religious services, politics, uh, recreational or social engagements, anything that, you know, enhances that resident's life. Exactly, exactly. So it does go into that individualization, and it goes into their choice, and it goes into person-centered, which is what the quality of life tag is all about. Absolutely. So having said that, um, what should our community leadership do to assist our residents in establishing all of their own choices? Well, those who have, uh, those who have leadership roles have the responsibility of creating and maintaining a culture that is resident-centered and treats each resident with respect and dignity as an individual person. Our leaders need to ensure that the residents have the freedom to choose whatever suits the residents' needs and gives them that sense of control over their own life. Okay, so how do we ensure that the residents have a sense of self-control? Like, you know, how can we make sure 
that they have their finger, they meaning our leadership in our communities, have their finger on the pulse of the community and what those residents really see as as self-control? Well, our leaders need to be aware of the culture in their communities. They, They can't have a passive role as a leader. They have to be out and involved. So how are residents seen by staff and how are the residents being treated? Our leaders need to be out there so that they know that that they're not getting that information secondhand. They get it by firsthand observation. And so some of the ways that the leaders in the communities can keep informed about the residents' quality of life is by reviewing complaints or grievances and by listening to and investigating any allegations that may come of abuse, neglect, or mistreatment or, or for anything. Um, Good leaders make rounds, and they observe the residents in their day-to-day activities, and they take note of how well the staff interact with the residents. Um, Some of the interactions may be verbal or nonverbal in nature. You know, for example, all um, staff members, you know, are they being standoffish or aloof with the residents, or are they actively engaging the residents? Are staff members saying things to the residents that might be demeaning or or dehumanizing, or you know, are they saying things that are uplifting to the resident and, and giving them a good sense of uh, self and well-being? Are the staff members providing individualized care or are they refusing to do so? And, you know, a good leader is going to know because they're out and about and interacting with their residents. And I see a lot of our um, our staff that are in leadership roles that they know their residents by name. They know their preferences. They know everything about them. And that, to me, is what makes a good leader in our community. I totally agree with you, Jennifer. You know, um, when when looking at the psalm, there is a uh, there's a passage or a, a statement in the psalm that is that says treating a nursing home resident in any manner that does not uphold a resident's sense of self worth, dignity, and individuality dehumanizes the resident and creates an environment that perpetuates an unhealthy, unsafe attitude toward the residents. And I, like you, um, believe that our communities really do strive to meet the individual needs of our residents and create and maintain that culture that's resident-centered, and it's always focused on dignity and well-being. So I think we've done a really, really good job of that in our communities, but it's something that we just can't, we can't take our eyes off of, and we've really always got to continue to focus on it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It is something that needs to be in the forefront of our minds as we care for our residents. And I, I'm I'm in agreement. Our communities do an amazing job of providing that care and promoting a great quality of life. You know, um, sometimes attitudes or actions can be uh, subjective. So maybe you can give us some examples of attitudes or actions that could result in a citation in uh, of six seventy five. Well, the psalm gives some really great examples, and I honestly hope I never have to come across any of this um, from any staff of ours, and and I never have with our staff, and and I firmly believe that we wouldn't. But some of the examples that they give in the psalm that um, fall under this tag would be taking photographs and videos of residents in different stages of undress or going to the bathroom or bathing and, and then posting those images on social media. Um, there's even been instances, and I, and I know it happens because it's been in the news, um, where they might take a photo that is pretty benign. I mean, it's just a maybe just a headshot photo, but then they superimpose it on something and, and turn it into something that would be humiliating for that resident. Um, other examples that could result in citation of F675 
I've included nor in to the point that the resident has an episode of incontinence that causes them to feel shamed or embarrassed, um, not allowing a resident to practice his or her own faith, making fun of residents. You know, maybe they have um, something that's going on with them that they are immobile, or maybe there's a, a speech problem, or maybe they do have incontinence. And then making fun of that resident or belittling their feelings is this is not something that that we would do and hopefully we would never run across. Um, but as I said before, you know, obviously it has happened. We've seen it in the news. Um, we need to be providing privacy during cares. And finally, um, if there's a accumulation of several other tags, such as your dignity tag, your personal privacy and self-determination, abuse, those kind of tags, if you have a, an accumulation of those, that actually brings you to a level of immediate jeopardy, and that can get you the F-675 tag. It seems to me that uh, providing care that we would want as individuals to receive or we would want our own family members to receive would be the best way to avoid any type of citation under F-675. Exactly. I think that the uh, golden rule of uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you certainly applies here. I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, um, thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for continuing on this series of podcasts as we outline the new F tags and the regulations for the final rule. We hope that uh, you found today's discussion on F tag 675 to be beneficial and that you're going to continue to join us as we explore each of the 49 substandard quality of care F tags. And we're going to be doing that in the coming weeks. So as usual, thank you, Jennifer. It was great to have you on and I look forward to our next discussion. I do too, Laura. I always do look forward to it. And I'm, the next time we get together, it's going to be to talk about F-676, Activities of Daily Living and Maintaining Ability. That sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. That's all for today. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. 